This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Gee, only three more big sleeps until you-know-who arrives. So, let's keep with our Christmas-themed shows, hmm? Gunsmoke is an American radio and television Western drama series created by director Norman MacDonald and writer John Meston. The stories take place in and around Dodge City, Kansas, during the settlement of the American West. And the central character is lawman Marshall Matt Dillon, played by William Conrad. In the late 1940s, CBS chairman William S. Paley, a fan of the Philip Barlow radio series, asked his programming chief to develop a hard-boiled Western series, a show about a Philip Marlowe of the Old West. Well, the project was shelved for three years, and then McDonald and Meston got involved, and they wanted to create a radio series for adults, in contrast to the prevailing juvenile fare, such as The Lone Ranger and The Cisco Kid. The show drew critical acclaim for unprecedented realism. William Conrad was one of the last actors to audition for the role of Marshall Dillon. With a resonantly powerful and distinctive voice, Conrad was already one of radio's busiest actors, and although Meston championed him, McDonald thought Conrad might be overexposed. But during his audition, Conrad won over McDonald after reading only a few lines. Dillon, as portrayed by contract, was... Conrad, that is, was a lonely, isolated man toughened by a hard life. McDonald later claimed much of Matt Dillon's character grew out of Bill Conrad. So, with that background in mind, let's hear tonight's story. Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, riding toward Dodge City when his horse got its hoof caught in a frozen dog hole and broke its leg. He had to shoot it and then carry his saddle he began the long walk to Dodge City. Let's have the story continue from there. Around Dodge City and in the territory on west, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. <laughs> Starring William Conrad, the story of the violence that moved west with young America, the story of a man who moved with it, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. (laughs) 
Everything was all right until about a mile north of the Cimarron. That's when my horse got a hoof caught in a frozen dog hole and broke his leg. So I had to shoot him. It made me feel awful bad. I didn't feel any better thinking about the walk ahead of me. Close to 40 miles to dodge and carry in my saddle all the way. Guess I'd been on the trail about an hour, near as I could figure it was around three in the afternoon. And I'd ease the saddle off my shoulders for a rest and a smoke. And that's when I saw the stranger riding up from the way I'd come. He was tall and thin. And his horse was taller and even thinner. And they made quite a pair. No. My horse busted his leg away back. I'm on my way to Dodge. Well, that's your horse, huh? I saw it. Yeah. On your way to Dodge, huh? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you got any more of that tobacco? Yeah, sure. Here you are. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. That's okay. The big walk you've got ahead, ain't it? <laughs> Kinda. It's gonna be dark soon. You figure making camp? Ah, that's the idea. Well, it's too bad. Yeah. You need any food? No, 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 thanks. I, I got enough. Uh, well, I thank you for the tobacco. Sure. Anytime. Hey. Yeah? That's saying this beast won't drop dead from the shock, but you want to climb on behind? Save you a piece of boot leather for a while, anyway. Why, well, I'd be much obliged if you think that animal of yours can carry us. Well, she won't mind. Should have been dead a long time ago, except she don't know it. She don't mind. Well, okay, thanks. Uh, here, will you hold my saddle till I get up, huh? Yeah, give it here. Yeah. Uh, can you manage the saddle? Yeah, given. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, let's go. You heading for Dodge, too? Not in particular. Just north. Uh-huh. This beast will do about ten knots with the wind behind her, but we ain't going to get more than five with this load. You ain't in no hurry, I am. Well, I, I was kind of hoping to get back tonight... Christmas Eve, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. That backbone of her sticking it to you? Oh, no, it's okay. Thanks. Notice that tin doojigger tied to you. You the law? Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a U.S. Marshal. Uh, my name's Matt Dillon. That's so. Uh, Never seen a marshal on foot. <laughs> well, it happens sometimes. How is it you're down this way? You need to mite off your course? Hmm? So you marshal down here as well as Dodge? No, no. I, I just took a prisoner across the Cimarron into Oklahoma Territory. Turned him over to the Army there. Did. And then he shot up tight. We must have ridden a couple of miles without a word. I got to thinking about Dodge and Chester and Doc and Kitty and the rest of them. 
know, there's something pretty special about any place at Christmas time. The backbone on the stranger's nag was just about to split me in two when he talked up. My name is Cowley. Alice huh? Cowley. Yeah, a bit of heave to a spell. She's breathing mighty hard. All right, hold up. Ah. <clears throat> yeah, it's getting a little chilly, isn't it? Yeah. Um, did I trouble you for another smoke? Oh, sure, sure. Here you are. I thank you. Say, hmm? what's it like in Dodge? What? Dodge. Well, what's it like? <laughs> oh, it's like any other town, I guess. Pretty big, huh? Well, yeah, I guess so. Not so big as New York. Oh, oh no, 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 not as big as that. You know, I haven't been in a big town now for more than ten years. Oh, is that so? No. Been down the territories... Drifting. Thought I'd move up north this time. Maybe go back east. So you're from the east, huh? Some time back. Say, what's it like? What? Well, Dodge, any town, uh, at Christmas. Same as it used to be. Well, I guess so. Yeah. What do you do? Well, the same as most people, I guess. What most people do at Christmas. Well, that ain't saying a lot. What are the folks like? And what does it look like? I, I just, I just kind of like to know. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, well, there's Front Street. Uh, that's most of Dodge right now. Of course, it's getting bigger. All do you time. have any kids? No, no, I, I'm not married. Yeah. Kids have fun Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, they do. That's certain. And Dodge, they sometimes have a party for the kids. A couple of days before Christmas. Uh, kids like that. And then everybody gets feeling good, looking forward to Christmas Eve. Like last year. There was snow on the ground. But the sky was clear. You, you could even see the stars. I was going down the street to the Texas Trail to meet Doc and Chester. Uh, Chester, he's my deputy. Doc's a doctor in town. We had some work to do later on in the evening. You could uh, see the light shining behind the curtained windows. and Almost everybody had a sprig of holly berries hanging up. They got some from the east a couple of days earlier. I remember running into John Bumby. He's a kind of general handyman in Dodge. Never says much, but... <laughs> he sure had a lot to say that night. Oh, hello, Marshal. Oh, hi, John. <clears throat> a lovely night for a Christmas Eve, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is, John. Yeah. Pretty fine night. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. <laughs> Mr. Dillon? Yeah, that's the way it should be, John. Um, you know, Marshal, this is going to be quite a night for me. Yes, sir. Oh, is that oh, so? Oh, yes, sir. Tonight, I'm asking Mrs. McNish to become Mrs. Bumby. What? Mm-hmm. What, John? I didn't know that. Oh, I know it's been a mighty fast secret, but I, I'm popping the question tonight. Well, I wish you a lot of luck, John. Hey, I'll I tell you what. Come by to the Texas Trail later, and 
and we'll have a drink on it. Oh, I will. I really will, Marshal. <laughs> You're good and kind, Marshal. Good and kind. Merry Christmas, <laughs> Marshal Dillon. Merry Christmas. Oh, the same to you, John. That may sound kind of funny to you, but John Bumby's a good man. A little peculiar sometimes, but good as they come. And they don't make enough like him. Of course, most everybody in Dodge suspected Doc and Ms. McNish were sweet on each other. But it just goes to show you. Uh, I'll tell you about John and Ms. McNish a little later. So I went on down the street. You know, it's a funny thing about those words, Merry Christmas. Men say it to each other, and, well, it makes them feel kind of good. Yeah, I know what you mean. Used to be a seafaring man myself. When you're on the sea and it comes Christmas, things like that can, they can count a lot. Yeah. Well, we might as well get underway again, eh? Sure. Uh, you want to take the saddle? Give it here. Okay. Uh, give it to me. Okay. I guess. Guess you'll miss it in Dodge tonight, I mean, won't you? Well, if you could get a little more out of this nag of yours, we might make it tonight. Oh, there's not a chance. She'll be on her beam ends pretty quick. She's been on a long reach since sunup. Ah. Mighty bare country up this way. All right. Depends on what you're used to. Mighty bare where I've been, too. It's not like the sea. That's always different. How come you left it? I always heard a sailor doesn't ever get it out of his blood. Or the sea? Guess you can get it out of your blood, all right. You got the right reason you can. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, you trying to get something out of me? What? What, no. Get what? I, I would just remind you. You want to ride with me? I don't want any talk about the sea. Well, you brought it up. We will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment, but first... Tomorrow night, Jack Benny and his whole fun-making gang make a personal appearance at a Long Beach, California veterans' hospital. It's going to be a Christmas they'll never forget, as Benny and the bunch cut loose while they assist the folks at the hospital in trimming their Christmas tree. Be sure to join the fun tomorrow night on CBS Radio, when it's Jack Benny time all across America. Now for the second act of Gunsmoke. Amos Cowley sulked his way along the trail for the next while. And then it was almost like he couldn't stand the quiet. Or maybe he had things on his mind. He turned his head. Go on. What? Go on. Tell me some more. Oh, about Dodge? Yeah. Well, I I don't know. Well, you try some more. Well, uh, 
They got a little pine tree in the Texas trail. Tree? Yeah, come down a long way from the north. Uh, uh, Kitty Russell, she, she's a hostess in the Texas trail. Well, she, she got a lot of ribbon and gee gaws and made it look real nice. That, that was last Christmas. The star at the top? The star? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It looked like a star, I guess. It sure looked pretty. And there was a, well, a, a, a difference in the place that day. Everybody was celebrating and feeling real good. The doors would swing open and somebody had come in and, you know, maybe somebody you just knew to nod at, but because it was Christmas Eve, he'd come right up and say, hello. Oh, maybe that's a good reason, maybe not. I don't know. All right. Anyhow, it was still kind of early. Kitty and Chester were standing off looking at the tree. Hi, Matt. Good evening, Mr. Dillon. Hi, Kitty. Chester. How do you like it, Matt? Christmas tree. That's oh, yours. that's real pretty. Only tree but one in the whole town. Yeah, Kate's got one over the Alphaganza. Oh, well, I'll have to see it later. Where, where's Sam? I don't know. Maybe he started celebrating too soon. Oh. Doc's taking over the bar. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You, you want a drink, Kitty? Yeah. Sure. Uh, all right, I'll get you a drink. I'll get you uh, You haven't forgotten anything, have you, Mr. Dillon? Forgotten? Uh, uh, what, Chester? There. What did I tell you, Miss Kitty? I knew just as sure as my nose that oh, you forgot. Oh, that. No, no. I, I hadn't forgotten. Oh, well... I thought as soon as I get Sam sober enough to take care of the customers, we could go on over to Doc's like we planned. Sure, we'll do that, Chester. Here you are, Matt. Ah, thanks, Doc. Ah, oh. <laughs> well, it's still snowing out? No, no, it's not. Uh, well, where are you going, Kitty? All right, just want to look outside. Ah, real pretty. Man thinks of a lot of funny things that don't mean much. Kitty standing at the door, sniffing the cold air, and the warmth inside, and the whiskey in me. It it, it was a good feeling. And then Chester and I decided to take a bottle over to Mr. Hightower. He's the telegraph operator over at the depot. He runs a printing shop on the side. Say, Mr. Dillon? Yeah, Chester. Do you mind if I stop by the church for a minute? Uh, no, I don't mind. I just feel kind of right tonight, Mr. Dillon. Figure out how to thank somebody for it. Sure. <laughs> So we stopped by the church. I've never been much of a man for a church, I guess, but I went along with Chester. Wasn't anybody else there, just the two of us. Guess we sat for ten minutes in that place. Chester, a little way off with his head bowed. You know, there's a lot of peace in a church. Maybe, maybe it's the quiet. Maybe, maybe it's the good that people find in there. Whatever it was, it made a man feel glad about pretty much everything. I haven't been in a church since I don't know when. Oh, is that so? I heave through. Well, she's becalmed again, mister. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> uh, 
She sure wasn't built for it, I'll tell you. You ever see anything like that? <laughs> uh, she is kind of old, and well, I've had her going on eight years. She hasn't changed a mite. Eats like a pig and looks like a four-legged mizzenmast. <laughs> Smoke? Don't mind. Hey, what about that, uh, that fellow Hightower? Did you get that bottle to him? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I guess it was lonely over in the depot all alone. He, he was glad for the company. There was a wood fire burning in the stove, but it didn't keep out the cold. Well, how are you, gents? Merry Christmas. Well, how's it going, Mr. Hightower? Oh, slow, Marshal, slow. Bit of excitement about an hour back, though. That's so? Yeah, 9.15 got stuck between here and Hutchison. Lots of snow back there. They getting her out? Sure, they're trying, but <laughs> I'm sure glad I'm not on it. It's going to be a cold night on that train. Well, it's kind of chilly in here, isn't it, Mr. Hightower? Any warmer, and I'm going to sleep. It will say we brought you over a bottle of Irish for company. <laughs> Jameson's well. I declare I was just thinking about a top before you boys come in. Now, that's real <laughs> friendly. Will you have a drink with me? We sure will. Let's open her up, huh? A couple of glasses up on the shelf there, Chester. Get them down, will you? I don't know if you get an idea about the folks in Dodge or not. They're not any different than any other people. Or the town either. I guess maybe it's a pretty small place at that. The depot, the hall, a few stores, a church, Doc's office, a Texas trail, Alifraganza. My office? Well, not much, but it's where you live, you know? Sounds all right. I lived in a town once back east. Small. I know what you mean. Well, maybe you'll be going back. Maybe. Say, the kids, they still believe in St. Nick. Oh, sure. Mighty few kids down where I've been. Injun kids, they don't believe in St. Nick. No reason they should, I guess. I used to believe in it, you know that? Well, I guess most people did one time or another. Hey, you figure we come maybe ten miles? Maybe. It's getting dark. Yeah. Well, come on. You want to... You want to ride the saddle for a bit? Oh, no, no. I, that's okay. Well, then Okay. <laughs> We rode on, and I thought about last year, about Kitty, Doc, and Chester and me going over to Doc's place after Doc got tired at Tendon Bar at the Texas Trail. It was about a quarter to midnight, and we stood around and sang Christmas carols. I, I remember how it sounded that night, how it looked. The glow in the stove in the middle of the room. And, uh, and the frosty windows. <laughs> yeah, it was Christmas Eve, all right. Was so deep. Nowhere, 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 nowhere. Born is a king. 
that's it. That was fine. That was just fine. Yes, it was. Oh, gee. Say, now, what do you say if hey, we... Uh, hey, listen. Huh? Huh? Oh. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I feel sentimental. That's exactly what I feel. I feel sentimental. I know what you mean, Doc. I surely know. Okay, Doc. Bring him out. <laughs> and I remember how Doc scuttled over to the bureau and brought out some packages. The presents weren't much, but it didn't matter what they were. And when we'd finished opening them, it was Chester who said what we were all thinking. I just... I, I, I just want to say, Miss Kitty... Doc, you, Mr. Dillon, I, I just want to say that this is the best doggone Christmas I ever had. And, and that's what I want to say. Say, he was going to tell me about that, uh, that fellow John was caught in that woman. What was her name? Oh, yeah. Miss McNish. That's right. Well, she said yes. And you've never seen two happier people in your whole life. Yeah, she's Miss McNish Bumpy now. Well, that's good. Uh, you know, you might settle for a bit and dodge or you could get work there. Sure would be fine if you could get back tonight, wouldn't it? Well, it, it can't be helped. I'd be a lot further away and a sight more tired if you hadn't come along. Now, listen. How far do you figure before there's a place you might pick up a horse? Oh, I don't know. Fifteen miles or so, maybe. Oh, I'm not going to make any fifteen miles in this nag tonight, that's for sure. Oh, that's all right. Now, I tell you what. You go on alone, you see. Oh, no, forget it. Now, you it. go I... on alone. You'd hold out with one man on it. And then you get a fresh horse and you ride into Dodge tonight. Well, thanks. That's now, very I'm kind. telling you, I want you to go. I'll be fine. I've walked before. Probably make it almost as quick as you. Look, look it's, it's real nice of you, Mr. Cowley, but no thanks. Now, now, Christmas don't mean nothing to me. You got friends waiting for well, you. Well, I'll see them tomorrow. Ah, uh, you're a fool. Well, that may be. <laughs> All of them nice folks. I'm going to make them feel pretty bad. Uh, look, I'll stay. If you want to go on along, uh, uh, thanks for the ride. Well, let's well make camp then. I guess so. And listen, you want to tell me some more about uh, what you were telling me before we turn in? Well, sure. I take it kindly, mister. I'll get yourself settled. I got some stuff in my pack we can eat and... Maybe get a fire going. And after we eat, you can tell me some more. We made a fire and then shared what we had for supper. He seemed to soften up after that, and we talked for a couple or three hours. It was like he was starved for news of people, everyday things, and just plain company. And that's how we spent Christmas Eve together out on the plane. And then when the fire was dying down and I was about ready for sleep, 
He said, Marshal. Yeah? I want to tell you something. I've been needing to tell it for a long time. Do you mind? Why, of course I don't mind. Well, then I'll tell you. A few years ago, I was skipper of a little schooner. Used to sail up and down the East Coast, you know, Boston, New York. Yeah. Well, one night, we hit dirty weather off New Jersey. Real dirty. Blew us off course, and we piled up on the rocks and knocked the bottom out. That's too bad. There was 18 passengers aboard, Marshal. Four of them was kids. We never saw them again. No. And my own... My own wife and my kid went down, too. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, no. Something must have happened to me after that. I didn't want nothing to do with with ships or the sea. And I started to drift out this way. I couldn't forget, though, do you know? And I didn't want to be near folks, especially kids, to remind me, do you know? Yeah. Well, that's how come I've been slewing around ever since. Sure, I understand. Just kind of wanted to get it off my chest. Sure. Marshal, I'd like to ride into Dodge with you tomorrow. You think I might meet some of them? folks you was telling about. Oh, I, I don't see why not. That it'd be all right. Maybe I wouldn't need to drift no more. Maybe I could... Uh, <laughs> drop anchored, you know. Yeah, you might at that. Yes. Well, good night. Good night. Merry Christmas, Marshal. Merry Christmas, Mr. Cowley. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Anthony Ellis, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Lawrence Dobkin, with Harry Bartell and John Daner, Parley Bear as Chester, Howard McNear as Doc, and Georgia Ellis as Kitty. Gunsmoke is heard by our troops overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. Tomorrow night, Edgar Bergen's real-life daughter Candy pays him and you a visit on The Edgar Bergen Show with Charlie McCarthy. Candy and Charlie hit it off fine, but Edgar has cause to regret his hasty decision to invite his six-year-old daughter into the show, especially when she starts throwing her voice. Sounds like fun tomorrow night on most of these same stations when CBS Radio presents The Edgar Bergen Show with Charlie McCarthy. This is Roy Rowan speaking. And remember, Eve Arden is our Miss Brooks teaches you how to laugh every Sunday on the CBS Radio Network. Stay tuned for Abbott and Costello next on Theater of the Mind.
Time now for Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. And the boys are going Christmas shopping. Can't see any trouble coming from that. program brought to you by Camel, the cigarette that's first in the service according to actual sales records. See if your throat and your taste don't make Camel a first with you, too. Find out for yourself. Listen to the great rhythms of Freddie Rich and his orchestra, the swingy singing of Connie Haynes. And that great statesman from the Dumbarton Oaks Conference who said, Costello, Costello, come here a minute. Come here, will you please? What's all the excitement about? Uh, what are you so happy about? Oh, look at it. What? I just got a letter from my cousin, Corporal Hugo Costello. Yeah? He's away over in Africa, and he says all the soldiers in his company are going to have a white Christmas. Why, you dummy, it's very hot in Africa. How, how could the soldiers have a white Christmas? Their cook is going to bleach the beans. The, uh... <laughs> Costello, it's about time you were thinking of Christmas. Do you realize there are only age-chopping days left? You know, I just bought, I just bought a hundred Christmas seals. A hundred Christmas seals? Sure. For goodness sakes, how are you going to feed them? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Look, Costello, are you going to make much out of Christmas this year? Am I what? Are you going to make much out of Christmas this year? I can't tell until I sell the presents I get. I... <laughs> sell your presents? Oh, sure, Rabbit, sure. What are you talking about? I even sold that electric bed warmer you gave me last year. That was no good. Uh, electric bed warmer? That was an electric toaster. An electric toaster? Certainly. No wonder it kept turning me over and throwing me out of bed. <laughs> well, well, Costello, I hope you're getting a present from my wife, Betty, this year. You know, and I'll give you a little tip. Go ahead. Uh, what she really needs is a new girdle. A what? Uh, uh, a girdle. Don't you know what a girdle is? Oh, sure. A girdle, it's, it's, it's one of those... Well, uh, what is it? You gotta have it when you... Yes, yes. What if you don't, you're, you're sort of... Yes, to, that I know. Come on. You got to... Uh, well, what is it? It's one of those things that keeps an unhappy situation from spreading. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, what about your own family, Costello? What are you going to give your kid brother, Sebastian? Oh, him? Nothing. What do you mean? I gave him something last year. He didn't like it. Then what did you give him? The measles. <laughs> and did he use a rash word? Oh, talk Ooh. sense, please. Listen, this year, Abbott, you know what I'm going to do? No, I don't know. I'm going to spend all my money on that beautiful girl who lives next door to me. Ruby Pullcue. Wait a minute. Ruby Poolcue? She's beautiful. Why, she isn't beautiful. She is. She's got the worst complexion I ever saw. Well, she can't help that, Abbott. I mean, she got her face caught in a waffle iron. Now she has to pour her makeup on with a syrup pitcher. <laughs> Look, uh, what are you going to buy for Ruby? I'm going to buy a piano. Uh, a piano? What kind of a piano? Maple, walnut, or cherry? Well, I'm going to get her one of those kind... What kind? What did you say? I said maple, walnut, or cherry. Maple, walnut... Do you realize what you just said? Uh, well, what's wrong? Shame on uh, wait, a, wait a minute. Shame on Bud Abbott. Well, what minute. you said. Now, take it easy, take it easy. In front of Ken Niles, yeah. our announcer. No. Shame on Bud Now, wait a minute. Lou, all, all right, all I said was maple, walnut, or cherry. Here you go again. I'm glad I found you out, Abbott. What do you mean? Now, what do you mean? You're a spy from the Jell-O program. Uh, now, please, please. I simply ask you the kind of wood. Oh, wood? Yes. But I know about, about the wood. 
What do you think I am, a woodpecker? No, certainly not. You think I go around tasting pianos? Did I ask you that? You think every time I see a piano, I bite it to see what flavor it is? Look, Costello, they they make pianos out of different kinds of wood. My mother-in-law's piano is maple, so she has a genuine bird's eye. I know that. She's got an eagle beak to go with it. Hello. (laughs) Now, never mind my mother-in-law. Now, you've got a lot of nerve spending your money on Ruby, a girl you hardly know. You never thought to ask me if I needed money for my Christmas shopping. Do you need money, Abbott? Oh, well, now, now... Now that you brought it up... Uh, now that I brought it up! Uh, well, yes, you, you... Didn't you just ask me if I needed money? Ladies and gentlemen, you have just seen what loose talk can do when it reaches the enemy's ears. Now, uh, wait a minute. slip of the lip can't sink a ship. Now, wait... And I have just been scuttled myself. Now, look, look, look. <laughs> look, Costello, all I need is $50. $50? Uh, yes. Now, look, if you lend me $50, uh, what security would you want? A padlock, a pair of handcuffs, and a watchdog. No, no, no. And put your mama in a dungeon for security. Now, look. With your father. Well, now, listen. The only security I can give you is the word of an honest man. Okay, bring him around. I'll see what I can do for you. Now, look, you and I are pals. And to show you how much I like you, I'm going to let you lend me the $50. But, Abbott, all I got in my Christmas piggy bank is $40. Well, all right. Give me the $40 and you can owe me the 10 Okay, here's the $40. Okay. Now I owe you 10 That's right. Who owes who now, 10 Now, wait a minute. Just a minute. Wait. How much did I ask you for? You asked me for $50. And how much did you give me? I gave you all I had, $40. So you owe me $10. Well, that's right. Well, why are you? Kicking? I mean, all right. All right. Let it go with that. All right. You owe me $40. Stella, I don't like the way you're hedging on me. And I don't like the way you're clipping my head. Ah, oh, come on, please. Take it easy. <laughs> Give me back my $40. Oh, okay, okay. If that's the way you feel, I don't want to do business with a man like you. Here's your $40. Oh, that's more like it. Uh, now, give me the 10 you owe me. Okay, here's the 10. All right. I'm paying you on account. On account. On account. I don't know how come I owe it to you. <laughs> Believe me, this is the last time I'll ever ask you for the loan, loan of $50, Costello. Abbott, look. No, please. never mind. How can I lend you $50 now? Uh, I only had $40 to start with. Oh. Now I only got $30. Uh, well, okay, if it'll make you happy, I'll do you a favor. Give me the $30 and you can owe me 20 This is getting worse all the time. Now, wait a minute. Now, what's the matter? First I owed you 10 now I owe you 20 What kind of racket is that? Well, why do you let yourself run into debt? I didn't run into it. You pushed me. <laughs> Abbott, did you ever hear the story of the 40 Thieves? Well, yeah. What became of the other 39? Costello, uh, I... Are you the guy that says, open, says to me? Now, listen. I, I'm surprised. I had lived that. It's not Costello, so I'm surprised. Here. Please. Why, I'm, I, I'm just like Santa Claus. You're better than Sandy Claus. You bet I am. You can give me a sleigh ride without any reindeer. Oh, please. Here's lovely Connie Haynes with her Christmas shopper special. So grab your bundles, everybody, and let's all take a ride on the truck. With my highest Dodge collar and my high top shoes and my hair piled high upon my head, I went to lose a jolly hour upon the trolley and lost my heart instead. With his light brown derby and his bright green tie, he was quite the handsomest of men. I started to yen, so I counted to ten, then I counted to ten again. Clang, clang went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. Zing, zing, zing went my heartstrings. 
for the moment I saw him, I fell. Chug, chug, chug went the motor. Bump, bump, bump went the brain. Thump, thump, thump went my heartstrings. When he smiled, I could feel the car shake. He tipped his hat and took a seat. He said he hoped he hadn't stepped upon my feet. He asked my name. I held my breath. I couldn't speak because he scared me half to death. Buzz, buzz, buzz went the buzzer. Flop, flop, flop went the wheel. Stop, stop, stop went my heartstrings. As he started to leave, I took hold of his sleeve with my hand. And as if it were planned, he stayed on with me. And it was grand just to stand with his hand holding mine to the end of the Costello, come on, let's go downtown do our Christmas shopping. Here comes the streetcar. The clang, clang, clang with the trolley. Right. Ding, 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 ding with the bell. Costello, come here. You want to get hit? Get out of that. Come over here. Stand here in the safety zone. You know what? In the safety zone. Don't you know why those safety zones are here? Sure. If you get hit inside the white lines, it don't count. Oh. <laughs> Be quiet, please. Uh, here's the trolley now. Hey, Abbott. What? Look at the crowd on that streetcar. Never mind. Go on. Shove your way in. Oh, young man, you can't squeeze in here. Okay, babe, let's wait till we get off. <laughs> you got your one line, get your dough, and get... <laughs> hey, you fat boy, come on, drop your fare in a box. Now, here's the fare conductor, and give us two transfers. You won't need transfers. No? Then how are we going to ride on the next car without a transfer? Just tell the next conductor that Orville sent you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. That guy's off his trolley. Oh, come on, Costello. Let's step back in the car and find a seat. I, hey, uh, look, look, look out for that man with an umbrella. Oh, my goodness. What happened? Somebody just took my seat. I... Hey, you little short fat man. Can't you reach that strap? I think so. Then would you mind letting go of my garter? <laughs> shouldn't let these tall people on streetcars. You shouldn't bring me on these crowded streetcars, Abbott. My Uncle Artie Stebbins got his eye hurt in this crowded streetcar. Got his eye hurt? Yep. He had his eye on a seat. The fat lady came along and sat on it. Now, yeah. All right, look, look. Stop this nonsense. Here, here. The car is stopping. Here. Let's get off. We're far enough downtown anyway. Okay, come on. Get off. Get off. Get off. Get okay, off. don't push. Don't push. I'm don't not pushing. Get off. Hey, Abbott, what? There's a pet shop. I think I'll go in and get my mother a squirrel for Christmas. She needs a squirrel to help her do housework. Oh, how could a squirrel help her with the housework? Well, she can tie his tail up and let him run between the Venetian blinds. <laughs> uh, don't be silly. Let's go in here to Bingle's department store. Hey, Abbott, Abbott. What? Look who's standing there with a carnation in his buttonhole. Hey, it's your kid brother, Sebastian. Come here, Sebastian. What are you doing in Bingle's department store? I'm a handyman, Uncle Bud. And today I'm working as a floor walker. How can you be a floor walker? You're too little. Well, they need a little guy like me. You see, when the people block up the aisles, I bite them on the leg and keep moving. Costello, your kid brother has no business in this store. He should be in school. I ain't going to go to school no more, Uncle Bud. School is nothing but a racket. School is a racket? Yep. The kids do 
loves the work and the teachers get paid for it. Anyway, I had a fight with my teacher. A fight? Yeah, this morning I held up my hand and the, and, and the teacher said, Sebastian, do you want to leave the room? And what did you say? I said, you don't think I'm standing here hitchhiking, do you? Now, look. <laughs> Sebastian. She let me go. All right, all right. I can imagine. Listen, Sebastian. Now, if you don't go back to school, I'm not going to give you this beautiful animal picture book for Christmas. Oh, now. but let me see no? the animals. Oh, isn't that a pretty nice yeah. book? Isn't it pretty? What's the name of this animal over here, Uncle Bud? Oh, you should know the name of that animal, Sebastian. Just look at that graceful body. The slim legs and the long antlers and... I, I don't seem to recognize it. Oh, come, Sebastian. You know this animal's name. Here, I'll make it easy for you. Uh, what does your mother call your father? Don't tell me that's a louse. Hey, look. <laughs> hey, Abbott, I gotta beat it. Here comes the manager. Hey, Lorenzo Grandi. As a manager, I'm the Andy. So don't tell me you're the manager of Bingle's department store. That I am, that I am, my little man. I'm in full charge of the dry goods department. How about sundries? Sundries is my day off. My off. <laughs> well, gentlemen, what can I do for you? Here I got some delicious pajamas for only $30. $30 for pajamas? Yeah. Look, Kitzel, mm-hmm. here's $15. Just give me the top half. Huh? I'll send it to my uncle Mike Burrell in Patterson. Oh, Costello, you can't send just the tops of the pajamas. Oh, sure I can. I'll put a card in it that says... Merry Christmas from the waist up. <laughs> Look, Costello, you've only got $40. And remember, you wanted to buy an easy chair for your father. Woohoo! And I've got just the easy chair you're looking at. That's a genuine mohair. The seat is covered with mohair. The back is covered with mohair. And it's got a footstool also covered with mohair. Everything is covered with mohair. Uh-huh, yeah. I'll bet Mo hasn't got a hair left in his head. <laughs> <laughs> Mo hasn't got a hair. <laughs> That's a slick one. <laughs> so is Moe's head. <laughs> Look, Costello, how about that piano you wanted to buy for your girlfriend, Ruby? Oh, now you're talking my language. You know, I'm the head fish in the piano department. The head fish? Yeah, I'm a piano tuner. Don't oh, you? All right, all right, I don't you, don't worry. You know, today I got a special on a slightly used player piano with three dozen piano rolls. Oh, I bought a bunch of those, those music rolls last week. And I papered my bedroom walls with them. And boy, were they noisy. Noisy? Yeah, every time I sneezed, the walls played, Milkman, keep those bottles quiet! <laughs> While Abbott and Costello are shopping for an old-fashioned Christmas, Freddie Rich plays an old-fashioned song. Whispering.
Costello, please, do you realize we've been walking around the store for over three hours and you haven't bought a thing? I can't help it. I can't find a pin I like, and I don't know what else to give my girl. Well, uh, why don't you buy Miss uh, Pool Q a diamond ring and give I it can't, I can't. I bought her a beautiful diamond ring last year. It was a beautiful 12-carat stone. Yeah. What a sparkler. It scares me every time she wears it. Are you afraid she'll lose it? No, but if she ever drops it, she'll have seven years' bad luck. I... <laughs> Look, don't be silly, Costello. Say, have you noticed how bright and... And, and happy and cheerful oh, all the shoppers Rabbit, are. They, they should be. Have, have you noticed oh, all that? Oh, well, look at that gaiety. Yeah. They're all full of the spirit of mule tide. Yeah, the mule tide is all... Mule tide. <laughs> mule tide? Mule tide. You mean yule tide. How tide what? No, no, no. But speaking, speaking of mules, he, hey, here's the shoe department. Now, that gives me a very, very bright idea. Why don't you buy your girlfriend a pair of mules? A pair of what? What do you say to a pair of mules? I say, whoa, or get out. <laughs> I mean, if he's stubborn, I whip him. Costello, look, I'm talking about I a pair... I get a jockey like Bailey, I put him on and whip him good. All right, look at him, Will you listen to me, please? I'm talking about a pair of bedroom mules. Oh, what? Bedroom mules. Bedroom mules? Yes. My wife has all kinds of mules in her bedroom. Red mules, green mules. She even has a pair of checkered mules. Abbott, did you see all these different colored mules with your own eyes? Why, certainly I... Well, why not? I see them every night. In fact, I saw them this morning. All the colored mules? Every one of them. Let me smell your breath. There you are. Oh, behave. Look, you dummy. Doesn't your mother have mules in her bedroom? No, my father's very particular. <laughs> when your mother gets up in the morning, what does she put on her feet? Corn plaster. That's the... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> please, please, no. She must have some kind of mules. Look, there are two kinds of mules. Silk and felt. Felt? Yes, yes. Yes. Hasn't your mother felt mules? No, sir. She never touches any kind of animal. Oh, come, come. Especially when she's cooking. Now, now, look, look. look. Forget, forget about the animal. Please. Look, every woman likes mules. My wife uses a pair of mules to go around the house in. What's the matter? Is she too lazy to walk? No, no. Look, when she gets up in the morning, she always slips on her mule. It's her own fault. Why don't she keep them out in the backyard? Hey, listen. My wife needs her mules to keep her feet warm. You mean you all sleep in the same bed? Sleep in the same bed? My wife keeps her mules under the bed. For goodness sakes, don't the Board of Health complain? Oh, look, let's get the whole thing. Here I am trying to help you with your Christmas shopping, and what do I get? A lot of idiotic talk. Is there anything I can do for you? We carry a full line of cosmetics. Rouge, powder, lipstick, face cream, and cleansing tissue. Cleansing what? Tissue. Tissue. Well, it seems kind of tilly, but if you want to kiss me, go ahead. <laughs> you kiss me and I'll kiss you. No, 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 Costello, this lady is trying to help you. Uh, yeah. Oh, you stop talking like that. No, 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 no. She's trying to help you. That's what she's trying. Yes, yeah. Well, I have some lovely perfumes here. Take a whiff of this. It's called One Night in Paris. One Night in Paris? Yes. Take a whiff of this. My goodness, what is that? Five days at the racetrack. (laughs) Costello, look, let me handle this, please. Uh, Look, madam, my friend here is a little confused. He doesn't know what to get his girl for Christmas. Oh, well, maybe I can help. I wish you would, please. Yeah. What kind of a complexion does your girlfriend have? Is she fair, dark, or medium? She's speckled. (laughs) Speckled? You mean she has a complexion of an olive? Yes, ma'am. Pits and all. <laughs> well, from your description of the girl, I imagine she could use one of our facial kits. One of your what? The, the lady wants to sell you a kit. What I want to buy a kit for? I'm going to get married and have kits of my own. <laughs> oh, no, 
at once. Yeah, what happened? The next morning, she broke out in biscuits. <laughs> kiss you. Get the kisser on. Never mind, quiet. Never mind, no remarks, Costello, oh, please. You silly, silly boy, you tickle me. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> you tickle me first. No, 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 no. You kiss her. I will not, please. Please. Where did I leave off? Costello, look, if you don't buy something pretty soon, I'm going to walk out and leave you. Oh, now, just a moment, boys. Now, how about something... <laughs> I found it. Go ahead. Yes. What are you saying? I don't want you to get away now. How about something for the young lady's hair? Does she have a snood? Certainly she's got a snood. Yeah? Well, is it a long snood that hangs down her back? No. It's a short snood that turns up at the end. She's a very snooty dame. Costello, the lady is talking about your girlfriend's hairdo. <laughs> yeah. What's your girlfriend's hairdo? What's her hairdo? Yeah, that's what I said. It comes out when she comes. Hello. Costello, we're trying to find out how does she, how does she do, what does she do with her hair? Does she uh, pile it on top of her head or does she drop it down her neck? She just hangs it in a cloth. <laughs> no, no. You dummy, some... Some women, look, some women wear buns in their hair and some have rats. Rats? Yes, yes. My mother had a rat in her hair for years. That's no way to talk about your father. Yeah, look, Costello, does Miss Poolcue wear her hair off her face? No, it takes too long to wear it off. She has to pull it out with a tweezer. Hey, Costello, that's no way to talk about your girlfriend. That's slander. Slander? Yes. Don't you know what slander is? Sure. Slander. Yes. That's tall and skinny. And that has nothing to do with my girl. She's short and fat like me. Only I'm prettier than she is. Say, you say your girl is short and fat. Yes, I've got just the Christmas present for her. Our special weight-reducing machine called the Melt Your Belt Away Fat Tablet. There it is, standing right there. Costello, that sounds good. How much does your girl weigh? 240 pounds with her girdle on. Well, how much does she weigh with it off? I don't know. She's never been able to get it off. <laughs> well, now, this machine will take your girl's fat off. If you don't believe it, get into the machine and try it for yourself. Now, that's no, no, fair no. enough. That's fair enough. I don't Go think on. I want to get in Go there. Go on, get in the machine. Abbott, I said I don't want to we'll get in there. We'll find out if it works. Get I won't get in Go there. Go on, get in there. Get in there. I There you are. Now, that's a good boy. Now, we'll turn on the machine, and you'll see how it melts the fat away in no Good night, folks. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. And I hope... 
Commander Holtzel feels much better. Good night to everybody in Patterson. Sure to tune in next week for another great Abbott and Costello show. And remember, try camels on your throat and your taste. See for yourself how camels' mildness, coolness, and flavor click with you. Camel Cigarettes will be back at this very same time next week. Don't miss it. This is Ken Niles in Hollywood wishing you all a pleasant good night. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, the classic A Christmas Carol will be heard. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.